Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Woke and Broke Podcast, where we discuss navigating from a place of brokenness to living your best life. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, What's y'all. up? How was your weekend? <laughs> <laughs> My weekend was cool. Um, I did, um, what did I do? I actually had an event uh, for work on Saturday. Um, it was in Chicago. Oh, fun. Uh, no, it wasn't fun. Why <laughs> <laughs> wasn't it fun, bro? It wasn't fun. Like, I mean, because it was work. Like, I mean, it was an appreciation thing for, like, our hospital. So we were, like, showing appreciation to all the employees and the, the um, physicians and the physician staff and all of that. So, like, really, they were the ones that we're having all the fun and stuff. We were just there to make sure that they had all of their tickets and that the food was out on time. And oh, so y'all stuff. had to work the event. Y'all didn't even work. get to participate. Yeah. Like, That's what happens when you're a part of the marketing team. You don't really get wow. to participate. You just make sure that everybody is having fun so yeah oh that's no fun no uh, but it was cool like it was cool um, did they have an we... open bar no uh, they didn't have an open bar it was a cash bar well it wasn't gonna be oh well because people Liquor are generous yes because people are generous we did have drinks we had our libations and we was cool so thank god for that um but i did that and then today um, we went to the beach. Me and my boo thing. We went to the beach. Hey, <laughs> come on, beach. And had our little relaxing time and all come that on, good stuff. Thing. You know, you know how we do. What about you, Danny? Oh, I, I was a straight bum all weekend. <laughs> you know, we started school back on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And so we went Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And those kids drained me. I forget how needy kids are in the beginning and you have to just break them like that sounds so harsh but <laughs> facts are not facts. break them, right. but, you, know. you gotta get them you have to teach i gotta them. get them together yes. no you're not about to just be all up on me all day like <laughs> no like i haven't started taking my vitamin c pills just yet right i don't know why i'm flexing i was still hugging on them and everything because you uh, love them real life flexing over here and i still will next week like i got a strong <laughs> immune system but i do have to start well, you them vitamin c. <laughs> <laughs> but that was it i didn't do anything so you were lounging lounging <laughs> sleep Leave. <laughs> Michael, what you been up to? Y'all. <laughs> y'all, y'all, it's been a lot. It has been a lot. I mean, a oh, lot God. of things going on. But for this weekend, honestly, I mostly just relaxed. Um, because, mm-hmm. you know, th- this past week has been a long ass week, y'all. Like, I mean, it's just been a lot going on, different things, different things are happening, different mm-hmm. deadlines all the stuff at work, trying to get the programs up and running for the semester because the college students come back in literally four weeks. Right. So it's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on. This week wore me out, so I definitely just laid myself See, down. See, we was on the same vibe, Michael. You gotta do that sometimes. All the way you gotta do that sometimes. That is self-care. Hey, <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, if everybody had a good weekend and stuff, I guess let's move over to the shout-out segment, Black, Brilliant, and Beautiful. 
um, this week I came across uh, one of the most, you know, interesting things that I think um, comes to play, which is uh, President Obama, you know, yeah. the best yeah. to ever do it. He's still out here helping the country, you know, endorsing those 81 Democratic candidates uh, for the November midterm. You know, he could have just said, fuck the country, uh, but he's still looking out and just proving that black excellence is alive and well. So, you know, shout out to Dr. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is he a doctor? Is he? Did is he get he a doctor? doctor? I don't even know. He got a PhD or not? I don't, I don't know. He has a JD. I don't know. I need to. I need to look that up. I don't know. But President Obama, like, shout out to you, President Always. Obama, for still our president, serving our, our president. country. The only president I know. <laughs> and then uh, the, the other thing, of course, we have to mention because everybody's talking about it is LeBron James yes. opening his school. Yes, of course, the I Promise School in Akron. Is it Akron or Akron? I think it's Akron. Akron. Okay, Akron, Ohio. Um, it provides free tuition, free uniforms, free bicycle and helmet, free transportation within two miles, free breakfast, lunch, snacks, free food pantry, everything, y'all. Like they provide everything. All right, LeBron. And these kids, it's just like amazing out here. And they said, and remember that uh, newscaster who was like, uh, he just needs to shut up and yes. Go. Mm-hmm. I bet you ain't right. saying that no more, huh? Well, LeBron James, you know my students, they brought him up all the time last year. LeBron James, LeBron. so I would mess with them. That would be like bonus on their spelling test. Like, spell LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Y'all want to talk about him all the time. Spell it. <laughs> but I'm really like, I was really excited to hear this story just as an educator. Like, this is just amazing. Like, you know, we, right. we need more people starting quality um, schools for our students and absolutely and, and and I feel like his program is not just for the kids like I know that he has that GED and job placement services for the parents mm-hmm. which plays a huge part too like, right it's all about yes. getting families out of poverty and being you know having that support so they can be there for their children right the whole right. connecting piece so just shout out to him right absolutely right like, but even still, like he is also like uh, even guarantees like the free tuition to uh, the University of Akron for all of the students who oh, graduate. Yes. Even better, yeah. So that's even like a additional aspect that is. I like, mean, he he's basically creating Mexico. like a pipeline program as well. For absolutely, like, yes. you know, absolutely. That form of education into like post secondary, like at the college right. level, like ensuring that hey, once you complete this. And go through this, you'll be prepared for a college education, and you'll be able to be uh, right. successful in that environment. So, Absolutely. I mean, it's it's really, I would say, comprehensive in scope with how he's trying to address educational inequities. Like, it's really, it's really something. I mean, yes. there are not a lot Absolutely. of people who are taking the lead to address it so comprehensively. And mm-hmm. so, I think it's just something mm-hmm. that you know we definitely should be proud of, and you know, acknowledge. And it's it's great. I want to see more of that from us. Definitely. Me too. Me too. Definitely. Me too. Especially when you think of all the people in the past who 
who said that they've been collecting money to build schools <clears throat> and there's no schools. Oh, right. You know, oh, and oh, oh, this man out here and he's only supposed to be dribbling a ball. Mm. He has no opinion about anything. And he's using his money, you know, to right. better the lives of his community. And that's what it should, you know, it should be about. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Shout out. Do y'all have... Do y'all have anything else that y'all came across this week to shout anybody out? My principal hired some really good people this year. That's a shout out to her. As a black woman principal, because you know it's not always easy. So she is she's really trying to set a good atmosphere for our school system. So shout out to her. I had to tell her you did a good job this year on your (laughs) hiring. That's what you got in here. So Yes, on a big scale and a small scale, we out here <laughs> doing work. So, I actually have somebody to shout out as well. So, I'm gonna shout out my supervisor for coming into her role and like really being a change agent. And I'll you know tie this back because, and we when you talk about education and like really trying to support students, she was able to secure a space a physical space for mm-hmm. black students at the university that I work at. And so there were like mm-hmm. issues with like space and like representation and everything. So she was able to move pieces and, and come in and, you know, be able to have that space and create. And we're actually in the process of like uh, renovating it to make it more um, black specific. And so it's a really like fun and mm-hmm. exciting time. I definitely have to shout her out for that because from the sounds of things, it wasn't it wasn't happening before she got here. So she got here right. less than a year, and bam, it's happening. Some of these students have been here for four years. Actually, wow. they graduated, and some are on their way out. Mm-hmm. So to see that take place before half of them graduate has been something very exciting for them. So shout mm-hmm. out, shout out, to hey, shout out. Yeah. Doing, doing it, anything. <laughs> Well, I mean, then let's jump into our main topic session, yes. which, of course, is named The Bitch. Um, and, friend, I know you had um, some things that you wanted to talk about today. Yes. So, take so it away. This week, we're going to talk about <laughs> mental health. And mental health is a topic that has been circulating around um, a lot of spaces on social media. I know at probably at our jobs, if not at our jobs, it should be discussed at our jobs in the school system. And so I'm really excited to just have us have this, you know, open discussion about this topic. Mm-hmm. And I just want to know why did we want to, why did we want to talk about this? What interested you guys in wanting to participate in this discussion? Um, well, personally, um, it was like my overall journey, Mm -hmm. just like really after or not after college, but like going to and through college, just taking the time to really reflect with myself and all of the things that I was trying to, you know, keep inside Mm -hmm. of me. And I realized that that was unhealthy and that I was hurting myself more carrying those that, that baggage than I was talking about the things that needed to be discussed and addressing those issues. And so what really brought it up to me was when I um, 
decided to talk to one of the counselors on mm-hmm. campus. And um, she actually gave me a lot of nice tips, you know, to deal with the things that I was going through and help me to realize that what I was going through wasn't as bad as I thought mm-hmm. that it was, you know, and she told me to, you know, start, you know, making a journal and um, just keeping track of my thoughts and my feelings. And she gave me like real active tasks that I can do to check in with mm-hmm. myself so that I could get through the things that I was dealing with instead of just, you know, beating myself up about it and, and stuff like that. And the more that I did that, the better I felt. And I was like, oh, well, if I can feel this good, then maybe I can help other people feel this right. good. You know, let right. me share this information with everybody, right, right. you know, because I know a lot of us, we have that stigma or whatever, like, or there's that stigma behind, like, getting help mentally right, and right. stuff that but once I realized that that's not true and that it's actually helpful and that it gives you those like actual skills to take with you to develop and grow and help you move forward in your everyday life I was like look I have to talk about this I have to make sure that this is a priority in right, my life right. and share it with my friends and family so that they can start thinking about it too absolutely you know? so that's how I got started okay. what about y'all thank you for sharing Josh Michael yeah. so for me when I think about like why are we talking about mental health I think about um I think about it in terms of community right so right. as a whole the black community and why mental health is important. I, I think about when I, I think about success and I think about things that you could do to attain that. I think about making sure that you are, are addressing all the gaps in your life that is preventing you from or in the way of you becoming uh, successful or you being just the strongest version of yourself. I feel like mental health mm-hmm. is one of those blocks for black people in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, for many reasons um, that, and, and, and Josh talked about the stigma and everything, but there's a very real history with the United States around uh, Black people's relationship to the um, healthcare and uh, just type of health services that hasn't been a positive mm-hmm. one for many reasons, right? I mean, we mm-hmm. can look at the Tuskegee ex, uh, experiment, for example, and how those Black men were injected with syphilis and wasn't told, and they were not treated because of it. And so there, there isn't just at the foundational level, like a trust there, but that's why it's so important that we're having this conversation because while that existed mm-hmm. and there's still disparities within, you know, health, uh, the healthcare system between mm-hmm. um, blacks and our white counterparts does not mean that there aren't, like Josh said, tools and strategies that we can develop to address the things that we can address to keep us moving forward in a successful way. So that's why I think we're, we're having this uh, topic. Why are we talking about it? Because it's important. Just like right. any other thing that we talk about that's addressing the success and joy and well-being of Black people. When I think about, <clears throat> um, like, my story and everything, uh, what, helps, um, what helps me become um, invested in this topic and why it is of interest to me is because when I think about uh, things that have hindered me from mm-hmm. uh, being as successful as I could be or have stopped me from moving forward or have frustrated me to the point that I can't feel like I can talk to anybody about what's going on with me, um, I think about the importance of addressing it and understanding that mental health, because it's, uh, uh, it's many areas, it's many things, right? 
does not mean that there's something inherently wrong with you for wanting, uh, for feeling the way that you feel about something and maybe not having the words to completely articulate what that is, but right. knowing that there's something mm. wrong and then finding out that as a category, it falls into what is called mental health. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're struggling developmentally, but it could be that you are having traumatic experiences that you haven't been able to unpack or heal from. And right. so for right. me, it's so important that these conversations around mental health are happening and the specific services to address what's specifically um, hindering you again from this road of success, right? And so I, c- I can think mm-hmm. about, um, and, you, and you both know this, but just uh, my current health situation with dealing with cancer and mm-hmm. how, although right now I'm in remission of my cancer, hearing about that news and just the state of mind that I was in and trying to, you know, pull it all together for friends and family because it's a big scary, it's, it's scary. I mean, because right. you just don't know when you think about cancer, you, it's not, I don't have too many positive thoughts about it. I'm just going to be 100, 100% honest. Right. You know, there have been survivors and everything you hear about, all of those effects. And then mm-hmm. thinking about, again, Black people's relationship to healthcare institutions, there there's some distrust there. So like going into right. that unfamiliar space and then expecting to be serviced correctly. And are they taking the best, uh, are they taking good care of me? Are they getting everything that needs to be addressed? So all of those things mentally is what's going on in my mind. And I'm like, I need to be in conversation with people that love me and people that mm-hmm. uh, want to see me make it. Because dealing with all of that by myself or just thinking about those things by myself and not being able to let it out and not being able to have it a healthy dialogue about it, like can't cripple you in some ways. And so for me, that meant like there were times where I just didn't want to be around people. And that's sad to say, but that was just one of the things. And rather than continuing on in that way and closing myself off from the people that love me, it was important that I had began to just have conversations. Now, while I haven't like done anything um, following up to this, as far as like mm-hmm. counseling and, er- and everything, um, that is something that I'm strongly considering uh, right now. Absolutely. I don't feel like I'm in a location where I want to seek those services. I feel right. like my- <laughs> that makes a world. Listen, I just don't yes. feel it. And I, I need some like no. spiritual connections with the people that I, you know, go receive those services. No, from. I feel you, bro. And like right now, the two people that's on this podcast with me are my strongest resources and allies. So listen, I will continue until I, you know, get in touch with somebody that I can fit, that I feel can help me get to the point where I want to be back mentally, you know, like yeah. having those mm-hmm. conversations. So, I mean, that that's just my story. And, and it's a journey, right? It's not right. Because we're continuing. We have so many different experiences. And depending on where we are in our life, we have to navigate those differently. And that, yeah. that requires, you know, a different type of resource, a different type of conversation, a different type of um, outlet to be able to discuss what are your options you know, being able to identify what's going on, coming up with effective solutions to your situation so that you can move forward and that you can have the life that you want and, you know, be successful and do everything that makes you happy. So for me, that's my story and why I think it's important that we're having this conversation. Yeah. Wow. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Yes. Um, <laughs> what about yes. you? Oh, man. <laughs> well, see, like, my whole what drew me to mental health was that at one point I didn't get it I didn't understand it and for me like the first time I was 
you know, I've encountered a situation where somebody that I love was struggling with their mental health was my dad, you know, mm-hmm. and growing up, like, mm-hmm. he was my only person. And, you know, my mom was in and out and doing her thing. And so my dad was that only consistent person in my life. So I always had these type of, like, abandonment issues, you know. And Mm -hmm. so, like, but mind you, he was always there through everything. I mean, you know, you talk about dad be dads, and my dad was not, you know, one of them. You -hmm. know, he wasn't perfect, but he did his best as a father, you know. And so when I was in college, he tried to commit suicide and that was really Mm. really hard for me like because and I didn't see it as like a a biological like disorder like you know like any part of your body can get sick and that is including your brain you know and I didn't think of it that way I just thought of it as him trying to leave me like am I not worth it to be here you know like I still have my whole life ahead of me and why wouldn't you want to be there you know I still want to get married I still want to have kids like all that stuff and you're trying to like end your life over you know I didn't know for what you know and so like have like having that like anger towards him for a long time even like after he had passed away not truly under connecting and understanding the thing that he was going through because it had nothing to do with me and it had nothing to do with my family it was something that he was experiencing you know and not being able to um just kind of talk to him about it or figure out like resources behind that kind of still like bothers me to this day. And so it just makes me aware of how serious it is and how it could be anybody at any point, you know what I mean? And so that's kind of what just drew me to talk about this. And and it's sad because a lot of times people don't realize how important it is until it's happening to them or somebody that they, know and love you know um but mm-hmm. we should be aware of things that even that don't you know necessarily affect us directly we should always be aware of the of, of other people around us and the things that they're going through right yeah so that's my little <laughs> see y'all try not to like cry all over the podcast no <laughs> when i talk about my daddy no. i get a little emotional <laughs> <laughs> well if you do that's why we're here to support you yes absolutely. <laughs> but like so moving from that like so we we kind of get this topic of why we're why we're talking about this and I think it's important mm-hmm. to kind of bring it back to us and our purpose in life because I think they kind of all connect to, oh, together in our mental health and what we want for our community so um, kind of let's just tell me what do you feel your purpose is in life what guides you to, you know, live your life? What's your mission? Hey, well, I'll start. <laughs> I, <guess>. uh, <laughs> um, I think my purpose is, uh, well, I'll say, I, I, don't, I don't think, I know. My purpose is to help other people, serve other people. Um, I know from a young age, I've always wanted to uh, help others, you know, whether it was, you know, in healthcare or something like that. I know it was always something pertaining to that. My mom actually used to um, watch this show with me, and this is crazy, but we used to watch on TLC, there was a show called uh, Life in the mm-hmm. ER. And it showed like the everyday, um, you know, occurrences of like different ER um, 
departments in different hospitals and it talked about like different cases and it would show different surgeries that they would have and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and that was just amazing to me like and it was really impactful to me and and just seeing all of the nuances and all of the different procedures and things like that and then seeing the people jump into action it was exciting to me and it like just kind of fueled me in in my passion for wanting to be one of those types of people that are helping those people um you know save lives or or with their predicaments whatever they may be you know and so you know I as I got older you know and going to the doctor and things like that I came into the conclusion that well maybe healthcare will be the way that I should go and so that's kind of what drove me into healthcare and, and everything. But then as I got into college and stuff, you know, I, I began to realize that, you know, just being in a part of different organizations and things like that, I realized that, you know, business was, uh, an, I had a knack for business and, and I started to acquire skills in that area. And then I also was able to acquire skills um, that I actually had had my entire mm-hmm. life, um, which was talking to people and getting people to talk to me about what they were feeling and things that they were going through. And before, I always thought that that was <clears throat> like a negative thing because I felt like people always brought their baggage to load on me and I would take that baggage on as as mm-hmm. mine, as right. my own, you know, and I didn't see it as a gift. You know, but eventually I ended up, you know, going through some experiences and learning a few things, reading a few books. And I realized, oh, my God, that is one of my gifts. That is what God placed upon me, you know, because one, I'm very observant. I learn things very quickly. I'm a really good listener, you know, and then people are attracted to me you know, to talk about the things that they're feeling and going through. And I'm able to give them different options of um, getting through those things, you know, or, or helping them come up with different options to get through those things. And so just being able to take that passion for healthcare and that those skills for business and that gift of, you know, speaking to others and, 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 talking to others about their issues and helping get them get through those circumstances just kind of came together to help me figure out what my purpose is and kind of, well, pinpoint exactly what my purpose is and not just be broad, like help right. people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But just kind of nail it down and, and, and pinpoint exactly that, you right. know? So that's kind of how it happened with me. And that's kind of, you know, what, uh, my purpose is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michael. So, and this is an interesting question because when you think, I don't know, when I think about purpose, like, I think about, it's like, it's so big. It's like very... Right. And it's like, it's it's so broad. I mean, I mean, you can focus your purpose, but mm. then you when you think about like, because it's, it's so, I don't know, it just seems so it's beyond you right like right. it's more yes. than you uh when i think of when i think about purpose so for me i would just just through some of the experiences that i've had thus far i would say that my purpose is to advocate on behalf of people who don't necessarily have um the voice 
or the uh, tools to advocate for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've noticed, and I, and the reason why I say this, um, not not even just because of my current position, but when I think about the experiences that I've had, they've been experiences that have allowed me to uh, get a better understanding of what it means to be, you know, the most marginalized in a community and uh, what it also means to uh, help others become active participants in certain processes, uh, like whether it's education, public policy, or community organizing. Uh, what are the tools or strategies that uh, can be used to help people achieve what it is that they're looking for? So how do you help people be able to identify what the problem is? Um, and that and that's not always the easiest thing to do when you're dealing with different voices at the table. But the good part about having every voice at the table is that we do come up with more holistic solutions. And so mm-hmm. one of the things that I like about uh, advocacy is that it can look like different things from the, uh, again, from the policy perspective to like community organizing and just educational frameworks. Um, advocacy looks and is different across those contexts. And I, I feel like my mission and will hope that it continues to be my mission long term is to be able to uh, advocate and not just advocate, but then from there, how do you help empower people to be active participants in that process themselves? So activating within people, their voices, their ability uh, to be seen and to uh, more effectively address the needs within their community, because every community is different, even within black um, communities, right? right? We all have different needs. We all have different things that are going on. We do have some commonality as black people living in America, but then there are nuances, um, things that you have to tease out so that you can make sure that you're offering the best or being the best representation in that moment, right? Um, for yeah. the advocacy of what you're trying to do. So uh, I feel like my mission, my purpose in life is to become a better advocate and to advocate with compassion and understanding and mm-hmm. just getting better at doing that so that when I am representing people or interests mm-hmm. or trying to get some things moved on behalf of other people that I go about it in a way that's representative of the voices that have communicated to me what it is that they are struggling with or what it is that they would like to see change. So that social change effort, um, a lot of that is mixed with social justice when we're talking about like inequities and systemic injustices that are going on. So how do you, you know, lead but also empower at the same time, because not one person can do any of this type of work by themselves. And so it's always important to bring people with you as you're moving forward. You never want to just be moving forward by yourself, behind, Mm -hmm. doing things. It's like, how do you pass that knowledge and information on to the next person, to the next community? How do you make sure that, yes, that it's, uh, that infrastructure is sustainable, right? So over time and being able to see that and, go like, wow, you know what? They're going to be good. Um, they can pass this information on. They can become stronger, more effective at what they're doing and just be present. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just seeing that and being present for all of that is something that is, it, for me, is nothing short of amazing in a grand scheme of right. things. <clears throat> and I, I mean, I truly um, enjoy that type of work, um, advocating. And I feel like that's my purpose in life is to become, is to advocate and become a better advocate and help mm-hmm. empower people along the way. Oh, you've been doing yes. it, Bridge. You've been doing it. <laughs> I've been trying. You've been doing it. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. Absolutely. 
What about you, friend? Um, it took me a long time to kind of figure out. Well, I always knew, but I think I was afraid of my purpose and the mission that I wanted for myself. Um, but I love, I love my students. I love kids. I love watching them learn. I love um, hearing them think and express themselves. Um, and just being that person for them because I spend a lot of time with them throughout the day. Like a lot of people don't realize how long a teacher is with their students every single day, every single week for weeks and months, you know? And so we are a lot of times that consistent thing in their lives and we get to see another side of them that sometimes their parents and guardians don't get to see. And so just creating this nurturing environment for them you know um i was told like in i'll never forget in high school our student council advisor had told us we were nothing and i was out of town my aunt had passed away and i came back my mother was like you missed it she was pissed she was telling us we was nothing and i was like man that don't even sound like her it has to be more to the story and it ended up being Uh more to the story she was saying we're nothing if we're doing Nothing in our in our um, nothing that we can do to change the world. So you're nothing mm. if you're not trying to do anything in your power to change the world. And it made sense. Mm. And it's like I think sometimes we think like changing the world, like we have to be this superhero. Which in high school I was voted most likely to be a superhero, and I was pissed. Loki was pissed because mm-hmm. I thought it was just super petty. And I never get the journal. The journalism teacher was like, "No, you're thinking of it too literally. You know, superheroes. What do they do? You know, they save the world. They save their community. And how are you going to save your community? And for me, to me, it started with our future, the kids. And so having right. that space, that safe space, um, for them to learn and grow, and you know, make mistakes and just be learn to be better people." was important to me and my mission ultimately because they are you know our future and we depend on them you know and their mindset and their beliefs and what will you know stay with them as they get older you know because that's what truly matters that's so true I love the kids y'all you do even when they drive me crazy (laughs) I love them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I remember when you was like working for um, or when you was getting when you were still working for OSU and you was getting ready to go into uh, DHS uh, yes and I remember when you first applied and you was like telling me about the position and stuff and I was so concerned <laughs> for you because remember I was like friend I know you get attached to kids and I'm like I don't know if this is going to be the easiest job for you uh, like, and little did you know I mean you knew like everybody knew but me like and a part of me knew because I am emotional like Mm-hmm. But that is, DA, working, I commend anybody who is a social worker because it yeah. is just, oh my goodness, you have to have the heart for it. Because I think for me, I was ignorant to the whole system. I'm thinking people can mm-hmm. get their kids back in three to six no. months. And it's like, no, girl, mm-hmm. how about a year <laughs> minimum? And that's right. what parents, you yes. know, so it's like you see the disappointment of the kids or, the kids that are living, who are small babies who 
who they're probably you don't think they realize it, but they know they're not coming home to their mom and daddy. Like you know what I'm saying, like. Right. And so it was just it was hard, but you know what? I do not regret that um, experience because I think it helped me to become a better teacher. Um, being able to you know experience that side of it because a lot of our kids, a lot of my students are in the system or have experience with the system or know someone you know who's in the system. So. I feel like when you know that backside of it, you can relate to them more. You understand, mm-hmm. you know, where they're coming from and their their moods and their behaviors, and you you know you can you can just say like, okay, I know that they're going through some things. This isn't just, you know, at face value. It's deeper than you know that. It helps you truly understand the trauma that these kids are going through. Right. So, um, how do you think mental issues are affecting our youth? I have that's a tough one (laughs) I think that actually I don't know because like when I think about like our youth I I see that they have a lot more resources Mm -hmm. today than we had Mm -hmm. you know and because I know my nephew um he is uh, on autistic spectrum, mm-hmm. right? And he has a counselor or a therapist that he talks to regularly. And he does fine, right. you know? And he excels in school. He has friends. He's popular. He's doing his thing, mm-hmm. like, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's open about how he feels. He's open about the things that he's going through, the experiences that he has. He's much more open than, say, I was. Right at Mm -hmm. that age and it's very interesting to observe it you know and he's not the only one you know I have another nephew and he is ADHD and just seeing the difference in between you know when he's on his medication versus when he's not on his medication you know and the fact that he knows the difference between when he's on his medication and when he's not you know, and the way that he talks to other people and the things that he talks about and the way that he thinks and, and his interest, just seeing that and knowing that, you know, and knowing that it's such a major aspect to, you know, the youth today kind of makes me feel right. good, you know, good. because th- that was missing in our era, mm-hmm. you know, and we were all walking around, you know, just really doing the best that we right, can right. trying to be seen and not heard like children were supposed mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. and so like as of today like it makes me feel really good knowing that there are those platforms and those resources for children to be able to you know work through whatever it is that they're dealing with mental health wise you know and and then their parents, you know, following up to make sure that they are getting the things that they need. And if it's not the parent, then their teachers. And if it's not their teacher, then their church members. You know, right. somebody intervening for those children, you know, or teenagers or whoever has an age. Right. You know? Yeah, because I think a lot <laughs> yeah. of time, I think with, you know, things that have gone on in the school systems, when you think about the shooting, when you think about bullying, Um, and policies Mm -hmm. put in place to address those things I think it helps us look into why are the why are these kids doing what they're doing you know what I'm saying when they're supposed to be these innocent beings what has them 
you know, acting and feeling this way. And so I think when they were able to dive deeper into that, um, they looked and found those resources to help these kids out, putting counselors in the schools and other programs and creating, you know, um, health programs for these kids to be able to get those services. And so um, definitely a lot of improvements over the years. Right. So I'm going to provide a different perspective here. <laughs> please do, so, please do, please do. Yeah, so, yes. um, you know, before I go off into this uh, point, I, I do want to um, acknowledge that our mental health services have uh, seen a, a dramatic uh, improvement over the years, even from when we were in grade school and whatnot, and probably definitely during our parents' time, um, there's been a steady increase of that um, and access around the uh, around those services. So uh, that's definitely true. But what I what I would like to talk about, and I, and I think it's so important because again, mental health it's 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 vast, right? It's not like just one thing. And so there are like specifics that are identified and are addressed and like uh, managed for the most part as far as uh, what the issue is and how, um, you know, students still move forward and have an amazing life. Mm-hmm. But then I would like to, you know, talk about this whole idea of, of uh, misdiagnosing, like yes. black children especially. Yes. And, you know, instead of, you know, there being more a more holistic approach to kind of like under, just understanding, especially when we look at like the educational spaces and, you know, who is the administration, who are the teachers that are teaching our children and, you know, just saying, well, you know, such as this is what's wrong with so-and-so or they need this, that, and the third and not really understanding that it's not that the child has an issue. It's that they learn in a different way. Mm-hmm. And all right. understanding that doesn't necess- necess- necessitate, excuse me, them being put on medication necessarily. Right. Um, yes. It could be that we could also be more, um, you know, robust in the, um, the, the whole situation to say, well, if this teacher cannot you know like become creative in the way that they teach what does that say about where they got their credentials from right. they can only teach in one type of way mm-hmm. and they can't be you know you know they just can't be versatile in the way that they teach to accommodate the needs of um, our children especially our black children children from our, mm-hmm. our own kids like, right and, and that's just I think that's a conversation that um, just needs to continue to happen and more um, dialogue around that because we don't want to be in situations where we are, you know, misdiagnosing and like, you know, putting our kids off to the side because in many ways that just creates other problems that are not addressed. And when they're not addressed the right way, when you come up, when you come up with the right solutions, you know, everything is, is better. But when you are just not, you're misdiagnosing and you're just not addressing a problem at its core the way that you should, Again, that that sets that child up not to be successful mm-hmm. um, going down the line, and then all these things are happening, and then they end up not having the help that they should have gotten, or been in the route on the route that they should have been put on, so that they can right. be the most successful that they can be. Right, and, that, and that's just what's happening um, right now, especially with our um, black men and boys too. Like it's just one of those things that aren't we we're you know put off like as problem children mm-hmm. and shit like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they don't want to deal with us. So, you know, we're going to put you in special education. And there may not be right. the need. And, not, and that's not to say that that isn't a resource that helps students, but that may not be what's going on with that black boy. Like, you don't, exactly. you don't know that and because you don't know how to 
you don't know because you don't have expertise in the area of black cultural development. Right. Hello. On that spectrum, you know, your ass needs to go back and, you know, get what you need so you can be a, a more effective teacher. <laughs> Let's be real. Ain't that is. Yeah. Like, instead of just saying, well, oh, this is what's going on. Actually, it's not. Actually, you're ineffective and you really don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> it's been a lot of the argument and debates around this. So it's just another perspective <laughs> that I want to put out there. So just so no, yes. we got a good, healthy range of things on the topic of, uh, you know, how mental health can affect kids because it's some mm-hmm. implications and they're far reaching if we don't do what it is that we need to do as professionals, as educators, as advocates to really be, you know, inclusive of those needs. Right. Absolutely. I was just about to say, look at you advocating. <laughs> right. Doing your purpose. Living your purpose. <laughs> Living in it, bro. <laughs> How do you think um, religion and um, Black culture and other aspects of our identity kind of influence oh, how we think about mental health. I know, Ooh, I girl. know, I know. Mm. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, Ooh. I know like going okay. in the church, I know that they always just was like, pray it away. The Lord yes. I mean, and I What's know that, and I'm a firm believer in my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, he has right. brought me through. But sometimes it's more than that, you know. He yes. he created these therapists and psychiatrists and all of that, and so we need to be able to seek those services when needed, yes. you know, and not be afraid yes. to seek additional help because a lot of times our pastors act as therapists too. So it's like, why not right. um, seek out people who are professionals who who went to mm-hmm. school for that? So right, I agree. <laughs> um. It, ooh, it's a lot. This is a, a lot. Yes, it's a touchy, it's a touchy subject, you know, because I mean, like I said, y- y'all, y'all know my youth, my upbringing was was very religious, you know, and so whereas I have not, none of that has been removed from my being, you know, right. it's still there and it still exists and it's still a part of my belief system. However. There are aspects that are harmful, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to mental health and even like the spiritual growth when it comes to certain, you know, rules and practices, you know, when it comes to religion. And so I think of it, you know, as far as personal identity, it you have to be kind of careful, mm. you know what I mean? Right. Because if you are the wrong type of person I know like as far as me I I personally attacked myself because what I was being told was that oh you know this is just the devil he's just testing you you know and you know he's talking to you in your head and this is not like like that that's what I was told when then I went to therapy and it's like, okay, well, this is you talking to yourself. Right, right, you know what I'm right. saying? And the, you're, you're putting this ex- added pressure on you because of X, Y, and Z. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When you, when you see it from that perspective, the perspective that it should be seen in, it's easier for you to take active steps towards correcting those things or to towards making a change towards right. those things. But when you see it under the gaze of, oh, it's the devil, then you think that, oh, 
if I pray and if I follow the word, then everything will be okay. But you're not actively seeking or actively following those steps that are necessary in order for you to actually make change. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so it can be very harmful to you if you aren't the right person. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how to say that correctly. (laughs) You know? (laughs) If it's the wrong person, you know what I mean? Because it took me a long time to work through that. You know, because I was, like I said, I was attacking myself thinking that I was the problem. You know, because I'm like, well, if if God, you know, he's the one that made me and I'm thinking I, I can't be dealing with the devil this right, much. Right. Like, it sounds like me. That sounds like me. Mm-hmm. Again. Like, it don't sound like the right. devil. It sounds like me. You know, I'm questioning myself and, and the way that I'm feeling and the things that I'm going through internally, you know, and that can drive somebody, you know, insane, you know, or to do harmful things to themselves mm-hmm. and, and things like that. So it can be very, very harmful. And 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 whatnot. So yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a very tough. Right. Subject. It's definitely a journey <laughs> to go through. It is. It is. Yeah. Um. I agree. Like with everything <clears throat> that you all said, because uh, especially you know how someone living at the intersection of religion, their their black identity, or their you know. Uh, queer or gay identity or whatever layer of identity that they have mixed in with their blackness as it relates to seeking out mental health services or resources. I mean, it's it's heavy because all of that is not just one at a time, right? Nothing just happens one at a time. It's all happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's a very intersectional experience and right. it can take a toll on you. It can take an immense toll on you because you will be thinking that you know based on your based on especially the religion piece um i didn't grow up heavily religious but i did have some exposure to uh religion as i was growing up i went to a few churches and whatnot but it wasn't just heavily you know installed in my family to that extent like we weren't going to church every sunday or wednesdays and things like that but it was you know god was used in times of you know I guess, different experience. So God was used in different like points throughout my life. And so it was one of those things like, you know, it's first of all, the whole idea and we can, you know, and it's because the subject is so big, this could be a, another whole topic. Yes. I'm just going to pivot and just talk a little bit to kind of make my point. But mm-hmm. for example, you know, um, growing up, being you know you know black and gay for me mm-hmm. it was a matter of you know you're not supposed to you know be you know be gay or anything like that so that resulted in me yes. not even you know um sharing that part of myself or part of uh my identity to my uh family and friends until you know much later in life when i was like 25 yeah. and so that that was a struggle within myself internally and i feel like having that struggle is a part of you know mental health too because it's unhealthy to sit up here and just be sweeping shit up under the rug, not trying uh-huh. to address what's really going on, not feeling like you have a voice to sit up here and say and talk to who right. say that they love you the most. Like that was crippling. That shit was yes. exhausting. It was damaging. It was yes. unhealthy. It was toxic. As toxic as fuck. You know what I mean? Like mm. it just was all types, all bad. It was right. all bad. And so, like, just thinking about not having an outlet. What if I didn't have an outlet? Like, what if I? never felt like I was able to, you know, be this strong 
black gay man that I am to be like, you know what, this is who the fuck I am, and if you all right. don't like me, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yes. there are people who are still, as a, going back to the religion piece too, still very much um, living a life of not being able to be who they are to the people that they love and who claim to love them. And it's, it's, right. it's mentally draining. And it has to be. That is mental gymnastics out of this world to be carrying that on in your, you know, your 40s and your 50s and you're still putting on this charade, hiding behind this facade. And it's mm-hmm. like, you, they don't, I don't even know if they realize, like, hey, it, you know, you need to talk this through. Right. And it's, it's, it is hurtful. It is damaging. But it doesn't mean that, they're, that you are wrong for someone saying, hey, you might need to go talk to someone, maybe a therapist, maybe a counselor to kind of address and talk about specifically, like, what's going on. The intersection of your identity does not make you a bad person, does not make you someone who has, you know, who, you know, who's, um, you know, viewed as undesirable or unworthy or just, you know, that you don't matter. You matter. And, and if uh-huh. other people don't feel like you matter because of the layers of identity that you bring with you, then you need to find community with those who will support, respect. Yes. That is not it. Yes. Because of who you are. And it, yes. it should not matter. And that conversation in that space with a counselor doesn't make you it's not a bad thing so i think it's like right. how we change our mindset around the type of services and programs that can help us be more effective as individuals um as black people and uh in our in the black community especially when we think about that so i mean it, it definitely affects how we um think about mental health but it's it's definitely something that's tied to those things and i'm sorry i did not want to go into all that no, no that was perfect that's yes. like, that you were speaking to my soul because i also left out the part about the intersection of like just you know blackness you know queerness and religion because that's a, mm-hmm. a connection as far it as is. like the um the positive aspects right. of it not just all the negative stuff that we are told right by the people mm-hmm. who support the lord and church so i'm gonna leave right. it alone right. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna leave it alone <laughs> it's a tough subject because you don't want you don't want to be offensive because like like i said it's still a part of your being right, it is. Right. Yep. it's still a part of your being and, and you don't ever want to make it seem like it's not you know or that you don't believe because you do right but at the same time there are pieces like you said that are damaging yeah. And you don't want to allow that to interfere with a person's growth or a person's breakthrough. You know what I mean? Everybody needs to be able to have access, you know, to get the help that they need, the help that they deserve. Right. You know, and not feel like that they are being being a burden or that they're dealing with something that um, that anything in the physical can't fix or help Mm -hmm. you know what i mean because there are services that are out here that are for us right you know that can help us through those things but you know it's just it's it's tricky it definitely is it's very sensitive it's a sensitive um it is for us to be sure it is so how might you think like this new i wouldn't even say new awareness but i definitely feel like more people are becoming aware of the issue of mental health um how Mm -hmm. do you think this has helped change how we think and approach mental health, mental health problems, if at all. Mm. Like, how have you noticed I, maybe like the community approaching and thinking about mental health? I, 
I, I could start this one off. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like with the current landscape and the cur- just current conversations around mental health and the spaces in which they are happening, I would say that, w- you know, there's been a, a more of a, a positive response to it because mm-hmm. I feel like people now have a, um, a better understanding mm-hmm. of mental health than they did, let's say, even, you know, maybe 5, 10, 15 years ago. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, m- further back then, it was just like, we don't even talk about it. You don't, and nothing wrong with you. You know, like you go, you know, suck it up, keep going type thing. Like, you right. Be strong. And it's true that you have to be resilient, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be supported right. along the way so that you can ensure success. I feel like we're seeing a lot of um, different programs that are like talking about the importance and the significance of mental health mm-hmm. and like what it can mean for um, different people. Like um, it, it's not always, you know, medication attached to it necessarily. And so having just a better understanding of what your options are and what are the uh, available resources for you. I think more organizations are doing a better job of that. Um, I think colleges and universities are also um, definitely getting on the bandwagon as far as like expanding uh, what type of services they provide within their mental, uh, not mental health, but their, they call it counseling services, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. offices, and just being um, inclusive to the type of services that they want to provide because everybody has different needs, right? Right. Like, everybody doesn't have the same issues per se, even though there may be some commonality, you know, right. a- across from groups mm-hmm. of different populations and things, but like everyone is not going to have the same issue. So I really appreciate how organizations like colleges, universities, uh, nonprofits are uh, really, I feel like, getting it right in terms of um, trying to figure out, like, you know, what is the, you know, what are best practices for uh, mental health in terms of engaging people around those uh, resources and services? Um, what is innovative in the way that we think about mental health as it relates to engaging the communities um, to let them know, like, to educate also on what's available and how do you go about like seeking those resources. So access is a big thing that I think we've seen a lot of in uh, recent years and uh, making that more affordable. Now, not to go political or anything, but administration, you would think they wouldn't want people to have access to, you know, mental health uh, services. Right. And I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I mean, seeing how they're carrying on, I don't see why they, would want people to have access right. to mm-hmm. and how important it is and how it, it, you know, it speaks to um, the, I feel like the longevity of our economy for people being able to go out and function in this world and be okay. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, be whole individuals and be more effective at the jobs that they do at the relationships that they have, at the people they love, at the things that matter to them and the communities that they want to support and build upon. Like, I feel like it's incumbent upon us to invest more into mental health because how can you function how can you effectively lead how can you transform how can how can you expect to help somebody and you can't even do that for yourself Absolutely. and like being able to identify and understand and not feel ashamed and know what's available and actually moving forward to secure you know how we secure the bag you need that because without that you're not going to be, and just like any other um, aspect of health, you need to be fully healthy. You need to be completely right. healthy if you expect to do all these amazing things that I know we as a people and as a community, a black community, are very capable of. 
we mm-hmm. need to make sure that we're good on the front end. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like we're yes. addressing, again, addressing the gaps, making sure that, you know, we good over here. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to move forward and live our best lives. Like, we yeah. know Living our best lives. <laughs> I think that's but, what it is, though. I think that's what, like, is kind of bringing it to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the fact that we are discovering and investigating the the overall holistic ver- or identities of ourselves. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So we are more thoughtful or mindful about our physical health and our emotional health, our spiritual yes. health, our mental health. You know, and so we, because we want to be as you know, productive as we can be, and it's just—it's a millennial, right, right. you know what I mean? Because we're so mindful of those things, and we are wanting to, you know, be out here doing work. Mm-hmm. You know, we we make mental health and mental, you know, a mental wellness a priority, right? right. You know. And not only that, I think we were able to see how not making it a priority affected our predecessors Mm -hmm. you know and so we know that we don't want that to become us and we don't want that to interfere with our growth and whatever it is that we're trying to achieve you know if our generation can't go that step beyond their generation then it will be up to the next generation so we have to do the best that we can you know in our efforts to help uh, achieve that next step Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and um so I think that that that's a part of it as well you know, mm-hmm. what do you think? Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Y'all both have very, very good points. I don't even need to say anything because y'all just hit it wrong. <laughs> the, the hammer right on the nail. Um, so, what is, so what do you guys think it means to get better um, from a mental health issue? And is and in, <laughs> I can't even talk. And is it even possible when it comes to like those serious problems? Um, I would like to say that there is no, not necessarily a getting better, like it, it's fixed completely, but there are steps to, to become aware, right. mm-hmm. you know, and be, become mindful of what it is that you're dealing right. with. So you can work through mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Kind of like what Michael said earlier, it's a process right. and it's not going to change overnight. Mm-hmm. So now that you're aware of what it is that you are dealing with, you know how to be mindful. Okay this is this talking, right, you know what right. I mean? Or this is me allowing this to interfere with my social um, structure right. or whatever. Like, you know, you're able to navigate life a little better because now you're aware of how this is impacting your day-to-day, you know, activity, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, that's a good question, Danny. Like, what, it, um, what does it mean to get better from a mental health issue? I, I really think you know, <clears throat> I mean, I guess from the outside looking in, one could say, oh, that person is getting better or they look like they're doing better. But mm-hmm. I think it's important for people who are, you know, dealing with uh, mental health issues is to understand that, you know, <clears throat> it does get better, but I, I don't I don't know if better is the, the best term to describe it. I think what a lot, a lot of what it will happen is a more of a, you know, you're managing it, right? right. You're learning mm-hmm. to 
um, work with and learn from what's going on with you. Right. And so it's not a, you know, like you, yes, you could become better, but in your management, in the management of what you're dealing with, I feel like you automatically just, just shine better. You know, I don't even want to use the word better, but you are being um, stronger and more Mm -hmm. effective. I would say you're being more like you're keeping the ball moving, right? You're not playing the ball. You know what's going on. The ball was in your court. You made the shot and you got it. You know what I mean? Like, so Mm -hmm. you're keeping, you're dribbling, you're going, you're moving forward. And so you're able Mm -hmm. to manage and you're able to still live an amazing, fulfilling life, you know, um, just period. Like even, you know, with managing whatever mental health issue that you may have going on, it doesn't mean that you, you know, you're different or like different in the way of like not being included or anything like that. You still can do, absolutely amazing things and i think it's right. um it's so important because even now what we see a lot of celebrities like people that a lot of people look up to and think highly of mm. dealing with and being very vocal right. about their mental health issues and right. i really what i like what i really really like and I, and I feel like it really speaks to the direction that we're going with mental health especially within the black community is that you see more people you know giving that person accolades or kudos for um, addressing it for yeah, yeah. speaking it up, speaking out, up about yeah. it, you know, receiving those resources and getting the help and not feeling ashamed. Right, I mean, yes. life is short, and you want to be around for as long as possible, Absolutely. and you want to be in the best condition as possible. But you know, things happen, but that doesn't mean, and serious things happen, and that does not mean that you cannot live an amazing, again, fulfilling life. So I really like how people who with platforms. Right, yes. you know, strong enough because they have the platform and the voice to articulate what's going on mm-hmm. in a way that could give voice uh, voice and support to people um, who don't have that same platform, who are struggling mm-hmm. with mental health issues, and who now can understand that hey, this person is going through something that I'm going through, or similarly, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so, right, like, you know what that that can be a motivator for uh, for a lot of people to be like, you know what, I'm actually going to get up and go make that call and I'm going to schedule yes. an appointment. I'm going to go in there and sit down and talk to so-and-so and we're going to figure this out because I have life to live. Right. And I'm going to move yes. forward and I'm going to do it with grace and everything that's positive that I can give and put out into mm-hmm. the universe so that I can be the best me that I can be. Period. Yeah. Right. Yes. And then it's also, it's okay to have, the, you have to be aware that you're going to have updates and downloads. Right. Absolutely. Like, you know, it's not just like going to like I said, disappear overnight. You know, it's going to be days to where you feel like you've taken a couple steps back, but just know that you're on, it's like, it's not a race. (laughs) It's a marathon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so you're dealing with whatever obstacles come your way. You know, some days might, it's just like some days are sunny, but some days are cloudy. Mm -hmm. You'll you'll be, it's just like that with your mental health and your mental Mm -hmm. wellness. You know, and so just don't be discouraged with whatever it is that you are dealing with, because as long as you did, you are going to get the help and you are aware of what it is that you're dealing with, you know, and you're taking the steps to um, to work through it. You're good. You know, mm-hmm. you're, right. you're, you're not where you were before. Mm-hmm. You're not ignorant of whatever of, of whatever you're dealing with. You're now aware you're cognizant and you're moving forward you're through it. You right. Know? Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It always makes me think of like how I was feeling when my dad died. And I know people are probably like, Ugh, 
Here she go. It's like, it's <laughs> no, like my... on. no, they better not. <laughs> but no. I don't know why I feel that way. But it's like my story, and it kind of helps me with my grief when I do talk about it. But yes, mm-hmm. um, it's just like when they, when you know, after my dad died, and people are like, it'll get better, and I cannot see how that is even possible. You know what I mean? But I think the mm-hmm. best advice I got was. You know, you're going to have those up moments. You're going to have those down moments. But being in that yes. moment, taking the time to cry and let it out. But know that yes. tomorrow can be better. And just taking yes. it day by day, you know, and not being hard on yourself or, you know, being embarrassed that you feel this way, you know, and just kind of recognizing those feelings, but not letting yourself stay down you know what I'm saying and mm-hmm. because it, I, I do believe it gets better and I think that we all have a story to tell and all our stories are worth telling and if we're mm-hmm. not around how can somebody look to us to hear that story because I think it's a way to reach people who are in the same situation as us and they yeah. just need to hear somebody with a similar story who made it out you know and so yes. I think you know we all have that that testimony and, and everybody's story is worth you know sharing and so just not giving up hope and not you know continue to seek the help that you need so you can be your your best self right mm-hmm. I agree that's so true that's and so that's true. why it's important for everybody to talk yes. you know yes. and be that village yes. you know that's why I support that's why I say that so often I feel like people be getting tired of me because I no, feel like no it's real it's real people don't be wanting to like, talk bro people do not want to but you know they, 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 they were talking about how you know be there for the people you're strong friends or the people who are right. calling you and sometimes we get so caught up in our own shit, we don't know how to be there for other people, you know? Right. And, like, I had got a call, mm-hmm. um, I think it was last week, somebody who I love called me and was upset. Like, really, mm-hmm. really, really upset. And, like, and it made me upset. And they were like, you know, I, I thought about ending it, but I thought about you. And I'm like, oh, wow. I love you, but it's not about yes. you. At that point, like, it's, you know, because this is how I evolved from not it's not about mm-hmm. me it's about you and I'm like you have a story like you've been through so much like you can get through right. this too if you can go through x y and z you think God won't take you out of this too you know Amen. And it's like, hello you have you know your 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 life is not over you have so much more to give to this world yes. and you don't even know like I see it like you know like it's not about mm-hmm. me. Like I'm, I love that you want to be here for me because I want you here for me. But I want you here yeah. for yourself too, you know. And so, right. I'm like being there for those people, just to give them that. Sometimes people just need somebody to listen to them. To it's not to. even about yeah. the medication. And sometimes it is, but a lot of times people just need somebody to talk to. And so, you trying need to, to be there you for them is important. Mm-hmm. Facts. Facts. Yes. Facts. Cause I can be trifling and not answer calls, and I can be, bad. <laughs> I can be so bad. But like when it, and it was like I think God self-care I answered too. the that day. Cause it's like you know you never know, you never know. Never know. True. You could be That's potentially true. saving somebody's life. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it'd be real out here. So we just gotta yes. uh, take care of each other and look out for each other. And when you see somebody hurting, and and I think it's a part of like knowing your people you know right. when you know something tells you in your gut when somebody's not okay you know the way they answer right. the phone even if you're 
the phone conversation, the way they answer the phone or, you know, it's just, and don't be afraid to ask those questions. Like, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like just yes. you know, making those intentions of, you know, being there, being in the moment, being in the present moment with these people right. and trying to help them through any situation the best you know how. I mean, they know you're not a mental health specialist, but sometimes they right. need that listening ear, you know. Just a listening ear. Yes. Yeah. Final thoughts. I love it. <laughs> you know, this was like really healthy, healthy you know? like really heavy, but I know that it's yeah. like needed, you know. Yes, like I, you know, me and when it comes to mental health and mental wellness, it's like my favorite thing in the world. (laughs) That and like spirituality is just like the fun stuff for me, you know, just being able to open up about that because for so long it wasn't an option for me, right? So being able to do that and having this space to do it with. Two of the best people in the world. It's just like... Oh, stop. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I love it. And I love it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I mean, I don't... My final thoughts, reflection pieces, I guess. I, I just... Um, this was... This was healing for me. Yeah. It was so uh, therapeutic um, to be able to just even talk about mental health and the in the various ways that we that we've discussed it on this podcast mm-hmm. like just the just understanding like how vast it is and how how important it is like it's just been one of those things where you know I'm, I'm happy that you know people will be listening about it but also that hopefully it will like energize people to go out and you know be proactive in their health um whether it's mental or physical whatever like understand that you have to you know love you like we yes. love each other and everything but you have to also love yourself right you know, right love you first matter as well and because you matter you have to do the best that you can for yourself in any given situation absolutely and so if there's something that's not entirely right but you don't necessarily know how to go about you know addressing it you know seek out you know assistance seek out support um and where you can have those conversations if you don't feel like you can have them in a safe space or where you where you're at is not a safe space. Um, there are different resources available, um, like online support to be able to talk about some of the things that are challenging you, um, different groups that are set up specifically um, to address what you feel like you may be going through. Um, it's not, mm-hmm. not suggesting that you need to go out and like diagnose yourself or anything like that, because like we said, like sometimes, you know, um, it's not always about medicine, but it's about like what you aren't able to talk about all the times and understanding that you should be able to talk about anything that's bothering you, anything that's on right. your mind, anything that's on your heart, on your spirit, don't let it eat away at you because, I mean, the longer you let it do those things, you know, the worse things become and you're looking at depression and all those other things. You don't want right. to be in those situations because they're not helpful. It's unhealthy. Right. So um, it's just my, my final takeaway is just, you know, um, just just talk. Talk. Yeah. Talk, talk, talk. Can't stress that enough. Talk and be open and talk more and talk some more. Yeah. You know, that, that, it's funny that you say that. Well, it's not funny that you say that, but (laughs) that, because you say that, piggybacking off of you saying that, um, that is like what I want for, you know, my Facebook group, Mental Wealth Matters. Mm -hmm. You know, 
that's a platform that I provide for um, everybody to just come and talk about how they feel mm-hmm. or talk about what they're going through or what's impacting them in their day-to-day you know, experiences and things like that, just to unpack all of those things that you don't have to take on as baggage, you know what I mean? Right. And also show gratitude every week, you know, because, you know, showing gratitude is a way to relieve stress. Right. I didn't know that before, you know, and now knowing that and being able to give thanks to God and give thanks to the universe and, and the people that I love and even my circumstances for mm-hmm. teaching me, mm-hmm. that has helped me change my perspective, you know, change the way that I look at life and the way that I look at experiences, the way that I look at people, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, that platform is kind of one of the best things that have ever happened to me, you know, just because I do get like immediate access to people who do have something to say, you know, or are dealing with things or, 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 or whatever, you know, and am able to share their experiences and, and help connect them with people who may be willing to help or are able to help, you know, and things like that. So I just like that you said that and I wanted to little put my little plug in there for that, you know, in case anybody ever needs that type of assistance or that type of support. There are groups, like you said, that are out there to um, help you manage those things. Absolutely. Well, that ends our venting session. I hope you guys really enjoyed our discussion on mental health and just make sure you're just there for each other and for yourself at the end of the day. Right. Because if you ain't looking out for you first, you can't expect nobody else to look out for you. Right. What's RuPaul say all the time? Uh, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get an amen up in here? <laughs> That's real as fuck. That is real as fuck. It is. That is real as fuck. Like, it really does. It starts, it starts with you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Gotta love yourself to pieces first and then radiate from there. Yes. Yeah, I guess now let's move on to our work from our ancestors. Michael, you got anything for us today? I do. I do. I, I have a um, a good word from James Baldwin, who is an American novelist. Yeah. Activist around social yes. justice issues. And I think this, you know, James Baldwin has given us many, you know, nuggets of wisdom and many quotes. But I think this one um, resonates with our topic of discussion for today. And it says, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. Mm. And that ties directly into what we yes, were talking about. If you can't talk, if you, if you keep it in, if you don't say anything, your situation is not going to change. What you're yes. feeling, it's, it's going to keep, it's going to get worse, actually. It's going to keep mm-hmm happening and it's going to um you know fester fester and it's not getting better so you never know what the outcome can be until you actually give it a try i really love this quote i I feel like it speaks directly to what we're talking about it really like leads us out of the conversation in a really really uh good way because it just it's just a reminder to re-energize us to redirect our attention at talking and holding those conversations and dialoguing so that we can move forward effectively Yes. yes. 
Well, I hope you guys definitely enjoyed our conversation this week. Please don't forget to send your comments, questions, and input for this week's topic to Woke and Broke Podcast at gmail.com. That's W-O-K-E-N-B-R-O-K-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> I did better this time. Yeah. You got it, bro. You got it. <laughs> and I'm going to put that in the show notes. Um, but definitely, yeah, we want to hear from you guys. Um, so if you have your questions or if you have any input on the topic, definitely reach out. And yes. I hope you guys have a great week. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Talk to y'all later. Bye.